This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. State outlasts Iowa State 24-21 and etches themselves up atop the Big 12 Conference. Kansas State turns the Sunflower Showdown into the Sunflower Beatdown, and Oklahoma and Texas both pick up quality wins in convincing fashion. Welcome in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Today here on the show, we are going to be recapping everything from this past Saturday in the Big 12 Conference. We'll also be going through and previewing next weekend, as well as going through um, our power rankings and ranking each team 1 through 10 giving my reasons, my explanations as to why I have the teams uh, ranked where they are. So it should be a lot of fun. We've got five games from Saturday, and then we've got another five games to preview coming up this next weekend. So there should be plenty of information to dive into here on the 10 of 12 podcast. Real quick, follow us on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. I'd appreciate that very much. Stay up to date with everything around the Big 12 Conference, the latest highlights, scores, updates, predictions, news. It's all there on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. So, We've got five games to digest from this past weekend. Uh, you know, I think you've got to start it off with Oklahoma State and Iowa State, 24-21, like I said, the final down there in Stillwater. You've also got K-State, 55-14 over Kansas. Oklahoma, 33-14 over TCU down there in Fort Worth. Texas outlasts Baylor, 27-16. And then you've got Texas Tech, 34-27, playing host to West Virginia, picking up the victories. But, I mean, you got you got to start with Oklahoma State. This was the game of the week. Um, in the Big 12, and quite honestly, when it's said and done, you, you know, I don't want to for, uh, forecast it, you know, predict it too much, but this quite honestly could be uh, the game of the year. When, when we're looking back in December, um, this very much could be the game that decided um, Oklahoma State getting into the championship game over Iowa State. Who knows? We'll see what happens, but this definitely was, um, right now at the time, I think the biggest game we've had so far in this conference. We finally got to see you know, kind of who Oklahoma State was and who they are with Spencer Sanders under center. Um, I, I think he made a, a really big impact on this game. He had a, a couple mistakes. Oklahoma State as a team also had some breakdowns, but you know they pick up a win. Um, I, I don't think the final score, if you look at it, it's a three-point game. That doesn't really tell the story, um, if we're being quite honest, in this game. I mean, Oklahoma State, it felt like they were up two, three touchdowns, and obviously they win it by three points. A win's a win, like I, like I mentioned, but you know, they had some dumb plays. Spencer Sanders threw an interception or two. Um, you know, the Iowa State did enough to, to stay around. Um, but I, Oklahoma State, the biggest thing for, for me is that they've been rusty. Like they, they haven't played a game since the beginning of October. It's been all, almost a month since they've even been on the football field in, in a live game. So I think the rust was kind of expected. I think the miscues were kind of expected. You know, all that stuff, the breakdowns, that's fine. You're going to have those um, – you know, when you haven't played 
in three weekends. So, you know, the thing with Iowa State, Iowa State also had a few miscues, some breakdowns, all that stuff, right? But Iowa State's been playing a pretty normal, as normal, you know, as normal as you can get a season to be during these times. They've had it. So, um, you know, there's not much, you know, I think Iowa State's kind of reached their ceiling. I don't know if they're going down because they didn't play terrible, but they also didn't play like the best team in the Big 12, you know, not at all. So the, the main point here is with Oklahoma State that this team, I think, still has a lot of room to grow as we're moving forward. Okay, Spencer Sanders finally, you know, this was his first game since the first drive of the first game. So it's been a while since he's even been on the field, let alone the entire team. You get a full week of practice, you get some film to actually watch and break down against a quality Iowa State team. And not to say Tulsa or West Virginia is not quality, but, you know, this is definitely the best team Oklahoma State has faced. You know, they pick up the win and they've got some opportunities to fix those mistakes that they made. They gave up a long run you know, to Brees Hall. And, and I'll be fair, you know, they, Iowa State gave up some big plays as well on, on the defensive side. So it's not just, oh, Oklahoma State eliminates these plays and they blow them out. No, I mean, I'll be fair. You know, both teams gave up the home run ball. I'm just saying moving forward that, you know, this probably won't happen much with Oklahoma State if they can fix those things, whereas Iowa State, it's starting to become a little bit of an issue for that football team. Spencer Sanders, though, if he's back, I really do like this team. Um, like I said, we'll get into the power rankings here later on in the show, but I believe this is the number one team in the Big 12. I do not think you can debate it. Sorry, K-State, you've got um, – sure, you can argue it if you want. We'll get to it later on in the show, but I think Oklahoma State definitely etches themselves atop the Big 12 with this win over Iowa State. Um, <laughs> a couple things I've got noted down from this game. Um, you know, Spencer Sanders, as ironic as it might be, um, he threw an interception early on in the third quarter. And this, in my mind, this was kind of the turning point in the game. Not for Iowa State, but for Oklahoma State. You're probably thinking, what, why? Um, it was a dump throw. You know, Sanders, obviously, he wanted it right back. And what's funny about this is probably a few minutes before, right off the bat, I think it was the first or second play, Brock Purdy threw an interception to start off the second half. You know, so Oklahoma State gets the ball, and then Sanders throws an interception. And you know, this was, in my mind, this was the turning point for Oklahoma State. That was when I knew they were going to win this game. And I know this doesn't make any sense, but they zoomed in on Sanders after he threw it, you know, on the replay, whatever. And he just kind of yelled, you know, mumbled to himself something, maybe a choice word. And, you know, he knew it. He knew he made the mistake. Obviously, it was a good read by the defender. Clearly, it was. But, um, you know, I could just kind of get the sense that Sanders was going to come out and be better, and he was. After that play, I think he was starting to play his best football of the game. So after he threw that pick, that was the turning point for me. It's kind of like the fire was set off in his head. He was like, hey, this is a close game. I can't be making those throws. I've got to be better. I'm back on the field. You know, I don't, I don't know if that even makes any sense at all. That, that's, what, that's what I thought of that play. That was kind of the turning point for Sanders to, tr- to finally get back into it because he had maybe been pressing a little bit. He makes that mistake. And then he goes out and plays his football game. They pick up the 24-21 win. Um, Tylen Wallace and uh, um, number 26, Anthony Johnson for, for Iowa State, the, the defensive back, the cornerback, they were just going at it. They were jawing at each other. Um, I, I, I don't know if it was bad. You know, I don't think there was any ill will towards each other. I think it was kind of in good spirits. But... Um, Johnson for Iowa State was really chirping at, at Wallace at the wideout, and then I think it was the very next play. You know, Fox did a good job of covering kind of the whole saga that they had going on. Um, the next play, I think it was the very next play, 
After a lot of chirping, Walsh just goes up and absolutely <laughs> shoves Johnson to the ground. Um, if you watch this game, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you didn't, it's kind of hard to explain, but um, I thought that was funny. Uh, Tim Brando, Tom Brando, whatever his name is, um, his microphone went off in this game. Um, well, it didn't go off. I mean, he thought it went off, and then he kept talking. He was like, three, two, one, check, check. Nope, nope, hear nothing. It's like, <laughs> you're on, man. Um, something was wrong with his headset or so, you know, something was wrong, but it was kind of funny to see to, to see him. And if you, if you have not checked out Brando's Twitter, I think it's Tim Brando, Tom Brando. I really should know his name. Go check it out. Um, he gets into it. I seriously, I, I tweeted out something about you know the broadcasting uh, issues, and he didn't he didn't reply to me, but he, he replies to a lot of people, and he'll get into it sometimes. Um, pretty entertaining stuff. But I mean, that's kind of all that I've got not, noted down for this game. You know, like I said, I, I keep kind of saying it again and again, but it wasn't pretty for Oklahoma State, but they did pick up the win um, against Iowa State. I think Iowa State um, doesn't have as much room to grow as Oklahoma State does from this game. So. Um, I, I like Oklahoma State moving forward. This is, in my mind, with Spencer Sanders. I mean, Chuba Hubbard, I don't, I don't even think I mentioned his name once. Um, I mean, what a beast. And I know he's no Derrick Henry. He's not an NFL runner like that. Um, like, he's not I, – I don't want to overhype him because that's what everyone just tends to do with him. Um, you know, he's not going to plow through – like I said, he's not Derrick Henry, but he really does remind you of someone who's strong – um, you know, we saw him on, I think it was a 20, 30-yard touchdown run where he was pretty much tackled to the ground. He stayed on his feet, and he didn't touch the ground. And then he, you know, just ran right in for a touchdown. He makes those different, you know, the the, uh, the difference-making plays in the football games to separate themselves out for the win. So, you know, H- Hubbard was amazing. Brees Hall, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him. He was amazing, too. You know, like I, I talked about, uh, you know, the miscues for, for the Cowboys on the defensive side of the football. You know, Brees Hall deserves a lot of credit, too. Um, you know, the, both running backs in this game were great. Um, I, I think that the final score, I mean, there was, what, three or four missed field goals in this game. So, like I said, the final score doesn't really tell a story because Oklahoma State should have won it by more than three points. You know, but at the same time, this game felt like it was probably 35-30 to 30 instead of, you know, 24-21. I, I, I think it was three, at least three, maybe four missed field goals in this football game. Um, you can't be leaving those points off the board. If you're Iowa State, you would have one. I know, I'm pretty sure that he missed two field goals. So, um, you know, please don't fact check me on that. But you know, if you make your field goals, you give yourself chances to win games. We know that. We saw, you know, two five and zero teams in the National Football League on Sunday. You know, the Titans and the Steelers. Gostowski, one of the best in the, in the league, he has a chance to tie the game. He misses it, and that's it. Steelers win. So, I mean, kicking is such an important part of football. Um, I, I, I really wish it wasn't, and I know it, it kind of adds that you know extra element that gets overlooked and stuff, but you know, you've know you got physical dudes going at it for 60 minutes, and then it can just rest on the foot of a kicker. I just I don't like the idea. That's just me. Tough luck for Iowa State. Oklahoma State picks up the win 24-21. We'll get off of this game. We'll head over to Oklahoma and TCU, 33-14 down there in Fort Worth. TCU, the only home team to lose this weekend in the Big 12 Conference. Um, I, I gotta go, I gotta give Rattler uh, a lot of credit for this game. He played good, and I hate to say it, I honestly do, because if you've listened to the podcast before, if you've read my tweets, if you've if you know me at all, you know that I'm not a, a, a fan of Spencer Rattler. I thought he was overrated. You name it, we don't that doesn't need to be discussed, okay? But going back to Saturday, he played a pretty good game. I know he only had 13 completions, but um, he you know he was making those Mahomes type plays. 
And I kind of now see why the media was so quick to hype him up because I see it. I, I do see it in, in Rattler. I see a lot of potential in that guy. And that's kind of the one thing that I will back up my case with is that I've said that at, at, at that point in time, you know, a few weeks ago, I didn't see it, but I, I could still see the potential. It's just at the time I didn't see it. Now we're starting to see the offense click. They score 33 on a very, you know, I wouldn't say very quality, but a, pr- a pretty decent TCU defense, okay? On the road, you know, that's not easy to do. Um, you know, Rattler played well. He played well. Marvin Mims, four receptions, two touchdowns, 132 yards. You know, those are the home run balls that, that Rattler was able to make. He was, I mean, he's elusive. He can throw he can throw it on the run. Nice float, touch the ball, everything, you know, you name it. He played well for, um, for pardon me, excuse me. He played well for Oklahoma. And, you know, Texas, I, I, Ellinger, I've always been, pretty quick to hammer him. Rattler, hands down, was the better quarterback. I, I guess we'll get to Ellinger later on. But, um, you know, Rattler played a really good game. Ellinger for you know against Baylor didn't play his best game, but, you know, still Rattler, you know, deserves a lot of credit for this game. Uh, same thing with the defense. I mean, we talk about Oklahoma offense, offense, offense. They give up 14 points. That kind of speaks for itself. Um, TCU finally was able to get it cooking a little bit there. Um, late in the game on one of their last drives when it was kind of crunch time, you know, two-minute drill. I think there was probably six or seven minutes left when they scored the touchdown. But, you know, and this is something that always bugs me too. It's like teams have nothing going on offense for basically an entire game or an entire half. And then once they finally, you know, (laughs) once time's a factor and they're running the hurry up, then they start pushing the ball down the field and scoring. So, you know, it's always frustrating why teams don't try to push it more. I know you got to try to control the clock. I get that. That's why I'm not coaching. That's why I'm here, you know, not even, you know, on the sidelines. But at least, you know, in TCU, they had their best drive of the game in garbage time, essentially. And maybe Oklahoma had given up, sure. But they, they still, once time was an issue, um, when they were trying to run that two-minute drill or whatever it was, that's when they played their best football um, for, for TCU. But, you know, you got to give... Rattler credit, like I said, the confidence is there. Um, they played a, a good football game down there in Fort Worth. And Oklahoma, we'll get to it, like I said, with all these teams later on in the show with the power rankings. But this team, um, they would love to have those Iowa State and K-State losses back because Oklahoma, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if K-State drops a game or two. I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa State drops a game or two. I know they're not – Oklahoma's not in the best – spot as far as tiebreakers go of, of course but they still the season is far from over it's a long long season especially during these times we'll see what happens but 33 to 14 Oklahoma in convincing fashion um, a nice segue over to Texas who won this game in convincing fashion as well like I said earlier I, I alluded to it Sam Ellinger didn't play his best game um you know, I think he's kind of his progression has halted just a little bit here as he's getting on the latter parts of his career. But you know, same thing kind of goes with this Oklahoma Iowa State game that we had. Pardon me, Oklahoma State Iowa State game that we had. Um, the final score does not tell the story at all in this game. It was twenty-seven to three entering the fourth quarter. So obviously, you know, Baylor cuts it to eleven. They Depending on your bookie, they 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 covered the spread. They gave you a push. I mean, they they clawed their way back into it and tried to make it a football game. But at the end of the day, Texas, you know, give them credit. Their defense was big, 
held them to three points for um, over over three quarters. So Ellinger didn't you know, play as, as he. I'll give Ellinger credit in this football game. He did progress. He was kind of slow in the first quarter, maybe quarter and a half, but he made some big throws. I mean, there was one that was just wide open over the middle. There was one where he lobbed it up. I don't remember who, and it was you know there was a catch on the sideline. So. I don't know if Ellinger did a ton. Of course, he led his team to victory. Deserves credit for that, for sure. But um, Baylor made it a game, I guess. I, you know, I'm, it wasn't close, okay? Baylor did kind of, you know, catch lightning in a bottle for the last, you know, couple minutes of that game. But they, 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 they tried to make it a game. But when you have as slow a start as you do, um, this kind of the, the, the Baylor story of last year, when those, you know, when they would still win those games, but they'd have such slow starts, um and really dig themselves kind of holes to get out of. Obviously, they lose this game. It was too deep, you know, to, to dig yourself out of if you're Baylor. But, uh, you know, overall, grand scheme of things, apart from Texas with Baylor, we saw finally who the real Baylor is, okay? You have a team in Kansas who's garbage. You beat them by, what, 40, 50 points? I don't remember. That doesn't tell you much, okay? You beat, pardon me, you lose to West Virginia on the road, um, in kind of a weird, fluky overtime game where you know you, you drop a tough one, right? But after that, they've only played two games, and they have a bye, they have a cancellation. You know, it's kind of the same thing with Oklahoma State. We're, we're finding out that the Cowboys are good. We're finding out here that the Bears are bad, and they're struggling a lot without Matt Rule. I still, you know, to this day, believe that was. I don't even. I don't even think that him being gone has too much of an impact. Obviously, it's big. But they've still got a majority of the same players there, right? I mean, Matt Rule, I, I just, I found the Panthers, I would not have taken him so soon. If he has another successful year in the Big 12 Conference this season and you're still in, in the job search, I get it. Fine, take him. But man, I just, I would have waited one more year with Matt Rule. Um, you know, college is different. We look at Kingsbury and the NFL. I'm always quick to point it, point it out how he struggled at Texas Tech. It's a different game. Recruiting, you don't have to do it. You know, all this and that. But we're, we're finding out who the real Baylor is with this with this loss. It was ugly. Of course, like I said, they kind of tried to make it a game late, but they scored three points in the first three quarters. Um, this is who the real Baylor is, and they're really not going to be that good this year. Um, in the Big 12 Conference, they're just not. Texas has got a chance, like Oklahoma. Yeah, they've got two losses to their record, but they can still make it a season. It you know, <laughs> crazy things can happen. They're they're in these times. I know that Texas they do they control their own destiny. They haven't played Iowa State yet. They haven't played K State yet. I don't think they're going to win both those games, but there's a chance. Okay, if they play the way they played on Saturday against Baylor, I'm going to give them a chance. Okay, I'm not going to say they're going to do it, but I won't say that they're going to go 0 and 2 against Tech and pardon me against uh, K State and Iowa State. We'll see what happens. It's, of course, a long season. Um, last thing with Baylor, um, Lovett and Ebner, both their running backs were supposedly opting out, and I'm recording this here. It's about, what, three and a half, not three and a half, uh, half past three here on Monday afternoon. So I don't really know as of, by the time you're listening, something might have changed, but I think it was yesterday news broke that both these these running backs for Baylor would be opting out. Now here we are. The next day, Aranda comes out and says, hey, no, both these guys are still on our team. So I don't know what's going on. I, I, I truly don't. Um, keep an eye on that uh, situation going on with the Baylor running backs. But, I mean, it's still it's, it's cool to see. Um, I was watching yesterday the Niners game 
against the Patriots, and the Niners just blew them out, which was great to see in Foxborough. Um, but Jamichael Hasty had a, a few big runs, and it's great to see him, you know, having success in the National Football League. Coming out of Baylor, I don't know if I necessarily expected Hasty to do um, what he's doing. I know he didn't. This is kind of the result of injuries, you know. Raheem, Raheem Mostert's out. Feels like the entire Niners team is banged up, but uh, you know, it's good to see him. Certainly didn't expect him to be in the league, especially one year out of Baylor, but he did it. Good thing for Hasty. As far as the Baylor running backs go this year, I mean, I don't know if they're going to stay because of the news that's been, you know, broken. But you've got to look at what Hasty's doing in the National Football League. He's doing well. You've got a chance to set yourself up for that as well. Um, time will tell. Keep an eye on that situation. Um, quick plug here on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. If anything happens, be sure to update you on there. That'll wrap up that Texas game. 27-16, Longhorns beat up on Baylor. Right here in Manhattan, Kansas, 55-14, to though, was the final score. K-State special teams was, I don't want to say it was a difference maker because K-State's probably going to win this game, okay, without their special teams, right? But they scored 14 points off of punt returns, 7 points off of pick 6. I mean, that's 21 points right there that are just immediately gone off the board. You're looking at now a 34-14 to um, victory over Kansas, which is pretty comfortable, right? I, I know that that's not any, you know, I get that, but, you know, there was also a punt return that set them up in the red zone, I believe, and, you know, the special teams definitely was a, a bigger impact on this actual game than I think people realize, okay? Obviously, everyone knows what they did. Everyone's talking about it here in Manhattan. You know, everyone knows that and gets that, but let's say that those all get wiped away. This could have been a football game. Um, I like what Daniels is doing a lot at quarterback for KU. I really do. I, I truly mean that. Um, obviously, he's got an atrocious offensive line where he's just not able to do anything you know, with that. But um, KU's defense was fine. I mean, really, if, if KU can learn how to set up a punt you know, kickoff and tackle and, and stay in your lanes and prevent a, a punt return every play for Phillip Brooks, right, this could have been a game. It really could have been a game. Will Howard, again, I Hate to say it, didn't impress me too much. I mean, he had 243 yards. You got to give him credit there where credit's due. But I still don't know how comfortable I am as a Kansas State fan moving forward with this guy under center. I, I really just don't. I mean, Skylar Thompson, I feel like, had a lot more upside to his game. I think Thompson had a lot more downsides to his game as well. Um, but the big play potential I really felt like was there a little bit more with Thompson than with Will Howard. I know they're going to try to be more conservative moving forward. Um, he's a, I, again, can't make it any more clear. I'm not trying to bash the kid, but he's a true freshman. So there is only so much that he can do. But he's had pretty smooth sailing so far, right? We go back to the TCU game a few weeks ago before the bye week, and he picks up a win on the road. That's really good for your confidence, okay? Then you have a bye week. You get to learn more plays in the system and the schematics and the dynamics of your offense, okay? And then you've got another game against Kansas where you quite honestly didn't have to do anything in because your special teams pretty much won you the game. You know, you got pulled. I, pardon me, you didn't get pulled. You know, Nick Oss came in because your lead was so big because of those special teams, right? So you've got a winnable game at West Virginia, you know, and if he can win that, his confidence is probably going to be really high, which is great for a Kansas State fan. But the thing that I worry about is coming up against Oklahoma State there um, the weekend after that in Manhattan, Kansas, what's going to happen when a really good team comes in and faces a redshirt freshman quarterback in the Big 12? 
I'll, I, you know, I'll let that sink in. Think about that thought right there. You know, you can beat Kansas. You can beat West Virginia. You know, Daggy struggled. West Virginia has struggled a lot this year, okay? West Virginia beat Kansas by, you know, what, 20-some points, and they beat Baylor in overtime. Other than that, they haven't won a game. They, they lose to Tech. They lose to Oklahoma State. I mean, they show some good signs. I don't want to talk about West Virginia a ton here, but we'll preview the game later on. But, you know, going back to Will Howard, I, I kind of get lost here on these shows if if you <laughs> – if, if you're not aware, um, you know, playing against West Virginia, it's not a terrible team, but at the same time, it's not the best team in the world. So if, if, if West Virginia plays the way they played on Saturday against Texas Tech, which we'll talk about this game here in just a sec, then Will Howard's going to get himself another win. K-State's going to be 5-0. and Okay, if, if, if West Virginia plays the way they did again, K-State's going to be 5-0. and They're going to beat West Virginia. And I, I, I truly am a little scared about that. Because I'm not sure how well Will Howard's going to play when the lights are on, the brightest, you know, the, the, the spotlight, whatever. You know what I mean? The biggest game of his career easily, you know, against Oklahoma State. And Mike Gundy, I, I, I think, I hate to say it's probably a better coach than Chris Kleiman. He's got a lot more uh, things up his sleeve, you know, so to speak. I think that they're probably going to throw some things at that coaching staff that they're not expecting. So uh, you, you, you shut down Deuce Vaughn. You shut down Briley Moore. I know Sammy Wheeler had a touchdown, uh, a grab in this game against Kansas, but I'm still concerned moving forward. I'm not fully on board of this train that Will Howard is is, is driving or, or you know steering. Um, even even next week, if they beat West Virginia, I'm still not going to be on board. West Virginia's got a really good D line, and K State's O line is mediocre at best. So even if West Virginia plays a good game. I'm still not fully on board with Howard, okay? If, if they beat Oklahoma State, I'm on board. I've got nothing else to say. I'm still skeptical. Again, can't say it enough. I'm not trying to bash the kid. I'm just pointing out what I see from his game on the field. He played fine. He really did, but there was no pressure on him because they had, you know, such a big lead in that game where he was able to, you know, confidently throw those balls. If there's a pick, there's a pick. Doesn't really matter. Let's get my minutes in here. Let's see what happens with the football, okay? I'm not sure if he plays with that same amount of confidence against an Oklahoma State team. And that game is still two weeks away. I'll, I'll quit you know, harping on that one. But, you know, a, a good win for Kansas State nonetheless. I mean, you pick up a 55-14 win over Kansas. So that's always good. I don't know when the last time Kansas has even beaten Kansas State. Of course, KU will be quick to tell you that, hey, we you know we lead the all-time series. K-State will quick be quick to tell you that, hey, you know, the first, you know, 20 games or 17 games don't matter because it was before, past, you know, whatever. You'll, you'll get that all day long. But Kansas State's been dominant over the past couple of years. Um, as for Kansas, I, I don't know what to say other than Daniels is, there's there's optimism there with Daniels. But other than that, boy, you are, I, I don't think Puka, you know, him being gone really didn't affect this game at all. Um, it certainly, I mean, it really didn't cross my mind more than once or twice. So, still the same Kansas team. Um, Potter, this dude, oh my, this guy for Kansas, I just... This, so, the dude who committed to Kansas State or, you know, took his shirt off and, and had KU, he, he picked KU over K-State, right? I mean, you, 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 I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. This guy's comparing himself to Ray Lewis after getting put on skates by Deuce Vaughn. It's just, it's a circus. It's a clown. I mean, what a clown. I mean... This is not, I don't want to bash on the kid, but I mean, what in the world? Um, 
are you doing comparing yourself to Ray Lewis? I'll probably just go on Twitter. You'll find it. Search it, search it up. John Kurtz put out something. Ryan Wallace put out a video of him on skates. I mean, he responded to, I believe it was John Kurtz's um, tweet about him. So it's just you know, funny how, dude, you've got, you've got no argument, man, if you're Potter. I mean, dude, this K-State has been better for the last, you know, throughout your entire recruitment process. K-State's going to be better a long time after your recruitment as well. So, I mean, just, I don't, I don't know. That was just something that was really weird from that game to see an athlete like that responding on Twitter. Um, but K-State got the best of them, 55-14. to 14. That's pretty much it. Special Teams U was in full swing there on Saturday in the Little Apple. Last thing we've got here, uh, West Virginia at Texas Tech, 34-27 the score down there in Lubbock. Henry Columbia, first ever career start, and he didn't disappoint. Columbia did good. Um, Daigie didn't do too bad. I know he's been struggling, 347 yards. Um, it was entertaining, but at the same time, this was pretty much the toilet bowl of games. I know K-State and KU is quite honestly pretty boring. Like, I'll be real. I was watching that game. It was 11 a.m. kickoff after a Friday night of going out. I was tired. I'm like, this game is not even fun. Like, I, of course, it's fun to see KU get, you know, beat up if you're a K-State fan. But, I mean, there just wasn't much energy in that game, okay? Same thing goes for this Texas Tech-West Virginia game. Not much going on. I mean, it was exciting. It was entertaining. I just couldn't get myself engaged as I want to be because of these two teams who, you know, West Virginia drops to 2-2 two and two and Tech improves to, you know, 1-3. and three. These were not the best teams in the Big 12. It goes without saying um, that this was probably the worst game that we had. But Columbia played well. I think Texas Tech, I saw ESPN, I believe, ranked Texas Tech number 6 in their power rankings, which I think is a bit too high. I think there's potential. I like Columbia. I, I really do. I thought that he's a lot more explosive than Alan Bowman was, even though Bowman was fine. I think Columbia's got a lot more it factor to him um, moving forward for that football team. But, uh, you know, Texas Tech picks up the win. Give them credit. Good football game there. That's about all I've got to say, though. I don't know what else there is to say about the bottom two teams. Well, not the bottom two teams, but the worst game from Saturday in the Big 12 Conference. That's pretty much it here for the first half of the, sh- half of the show. Oklahoma State, K-State, Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas Tech are your winners from October uh, 20, 24th, pardon me. And then we've got a full slate of games coming up on Halloween that we'll be previewing here on the second half of the show. Be right back here after a quick break on the 10 of 12 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, 
roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Halloween weekend. Coming up, we've got a full five games of football on Saturday as well as some power rankings talk here on the second half of the show. Uh, real quick, follow us on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. Stay up to date with everything going on around the Big 12. So we'll get right into it here. Um, we'll be talking about the power rankings here, giving my, my reasons, my explanations as to why I have the teams where they are. And of course, we'll also be previewing um, each of these games we've got coming up on Saturday. Okay, you've got number one, Oklahoma, on top of the power rankings. I don't, pardon me, Oklahoma State. I <laughs> definitely not Oklahoma. Uh, you've got Oklahoma State here at the top. Um, I don't know if there's any dispute in this. I really don't think you can argue that. I mean, Kansas State is the now only other unbeaten team in the Big 12. The only thing you could maybe argue is that K-State's picked up one extra win in the league. They're 4-0. Oklahoma State's 3-0. Um, even though I wholeheartedly believe that, that Baylor would have lost to Oklahoma State had they played two weekends ago. Um, but I, I really I hope there's no um, question about number one. I mean, they've got their starting quarterback back. Um, like I mentioned, Sanders played a really good game on Saturday. It was good to see him back. Um, you've got Will Howard, who is a backup quarterback, um, who is going to be guiding his team for a remainder of this season. Um, I, I guess Oklahoma State's one, K-State's number two, if you couldn't um, you know, make it out that I'm comparing these two teams. Um, so, you know, K-State at two, um, you know, I really wanted to put, um, or really wanted to put Iowa State at number two, but I know this is um, politically incorrect. I know that this is, I don't even know how to, you know what I mean? This is, um, conventional wisdom tells you Oklahoma State one, K-State 2, simply because those are the two teams that have not lost a game yet, okay? Oklahoma State's better than Iowa State. You can't dispute that. They beat them. They should have beat them by more. Um, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe Oklahoma State's better than K-State. So you got Oklahoma State 1, K-State 2, Iowa State 3. And, you know, I, I the thing with Iowa State here is they've got, like I mentioned, I know quarterback is only one of the 11 positions for an offensive, you know, side, on the offensive side of the football, but... Of course, it really means a lot. Iowa State's got a, a solid team, and I was really tempted, really tempted to put them at number two, but I couldn't do it. Part of the reason, like I mentioned, was because it's 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 I'm going to get so much bashing and hatred for that, but also because I, I you know Iowa State didn't play that well on Saturday. Okay, I don't know if it's necessarily um, a, a you know in my mind, in my opinion here, I don't know if it's necessarily Kansas State is that much you know played. And I guess not on Saturday, but throughout the whole season that they've played so much better than Iowa State. But it's the fact that Iowa State's kind of um, underperformed in a few of these games. Um, you know, Iowa State. You know, you you can compare that. You know, they beat Oklahoma up there in Ames. K State went down there in Norman and picked up a win. So that you know, K State's got the edge on on them with that one. But you know, like I, I mentioned um, last week, I believe, or, or two weeks ago, you know, Iowa State. In K-State played Tech, they played TCU, and they played, of course, Oklahoma. Um, Iowa State beat 
those teams combined, um, you know, the combined margin of victory was greater. So, um, you know, you can point your finger all you want, and you can hide behind the argument of, yeah, K-State's got the better record. If you think Iowa State's better than K-State, you are wrong. You know, you can hide behind that all day, and there's not much you can say to dispute that because K-State's record is unblemished so far in the Big 12. But at the same time, you know, we can point the fingers and say that, you know, I mean, coming into this weekend, I think, I guess after this weekend, they've played the same three teams, and then Iowa State played the best team, Oklahoma State, and then the worst team, Kansas, right? So at this point in time, I think Oklahoma State's, pardon me, Iowa State's clearly played a harder schedule than Kansas State. So, I mean, you can argue it all day long. You legitimately, if you're an Iowa State fan listening, I don't know if there are many of you out there, but if you are an Iowa State fan listening, you have a legitimate claim to say that you're the second best team in the Big 12, even after losing this game to Oklahoma State. Okay, I still, I, I still think that Kansas State's at number two, but I think it's a really close, um, it's a really close race there at number two. And you know, like I said, you you've got to be just you know the safe thing to say is that Kansas State's number two because they have not lost. But we got to remember they did lose to Arkansas State, right? Of course, you know you've got. Um, Louisiana beating Iowa State, so you know they've both. They've both. I mean, you really can. You can go into a revolving door and go for hours about how this. You know, I, seriously, if you're a K State fan and you think that you're just miles better than Iowa State, I'm sorry, but I don't think you've been following Iowa State closely enough to realize that Iowa State's a good team too. Okay, K State's still missing a lot of pieces. Their offensive line is struggling. AJ Parker's now gone for a. I don't know if he's out for the season, but he's going to be out for at least a while, right? You've got a lot of, you know, issues on your team that you need to get sorted out. You've got your wide receivers who are not really Big 12 wide receivers, but they're, you know, making their opportunities, they're making the most of it, but you know, there's a lot of question marks on this Kansas State team. I think Iowa State's got a lot of things sorted out that Kansas State doesn't. I think K-State's got a, a, a higher ceiling, sure. I'll give them that than Iowa State, but I think Iowa State was really close to K-State right now. Um, if those two teams, and this is kind of the, the last thing I'll make in regards to these two teams, the last kind of point that I'll make um, to kind of that, to let you sit on this, and if you disagree with me, then you disagree. If you agree with me, then great. If K-State and Iowa State meet this weekend, who do you think is going to win? And in my mind, I believe it's Iowa State. I think they would win nine times out of ten against this Kansas State team. Because Brock Purdy's an experienced quarterback. You've got Will Howard, a true freshman. That's my opinion, okay? If you believe that, that Iowa State would lose to Kansas State, then sure, you can say that K-State's number two in the Big 12 all day long. But in my mind, I think Iowa State wins. Of course, as of right now, though, based on their record, you can't put K-State behind Iowa State. You simply can't just because they have not lost a game in the league. And Iowa State has, okay? I just, I just you know, wrapping it all together here, I, it was a very tough decision for me to put these two teams where they are. But coming off a loss, I think it's impossible to not FK State jump Iowa State at least one spot in the standings. So, I mean, that's two is Kansas State. Number three is Iowa State. That kind of wraps up that little tier. You've got tier one, which is Oklahoma State. you got tier two, which is K-State and Iowa State. And then I think you've got tier three. Oklahoma and Texas have kind of, I wouldn't say emerged, but they've they've really kind of proved themselves that these are the two powerhouses in the Big 12, and I know these aren't the best teams, but you know they're they're not gonna go three and six this year in the Big 12 like they were kind of on pace to. They're not gonna do that. Oklahoma played well. 
Texas played well. I think Oklahoma's number four, and then Texas is number five. That's the tier three in the Big 12 Conference. Um, and then after these, these two teams, I don't know if there's much else you can kind of dispute between Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, Oklahoma beat Texas. I think anyone that's watched a couple minutes of an Oklahoma game knows that that's probably a, a better team than the Longhorns. Certainly a lot more potential upside ceiling than than Texas. So Oklahoma's four, Texas is five. But after these teams here, you've got TCU, Baylor, and West Virginia. I guess it's TCU, West Virginia, Baylor in my order. But I mean, all three of those teams, you could throw them in a pot and pull out, a, you know, you know, names in a hat and pull one out and say this team's six. This team's seven. This team's eight. Okay, you've got, like I said, those first three tiers of Big 12 teams. And I think you could honestly make a case um, to put Texas Tech up in this tier. Uh, I just don't know if they've – I don't know if you can do that, though. I really don't, just because they've only won one game now. Um, I know they should have beat Texas. I know they've been competitive in some of these football games, but, you know, Texas Tech's down there at number nine, but really with, with, with Baylor, West Virginia, and TCU, those teams, I think we're starting to see who the good teams are in the Big 12 and who the bad teams are in the Big 12. I'm not saying these teams are bad, but they're not going to compete for anything this year. TCU's one and three. I mean, talk about taking a big step back. TCU is one and three in the Big 12. They lose to Iowa State their first game, then they pick up the road win at Texas. You're thinking this team's really got things clicking. And then they lose to K-State, and then they lose to Oklahoma. I know that's a pretty tough you know, schedule that they've had. Sure, I get that. Totally, I get that. But they've struggled. Max Duggan has struggled a lot. Um, I was very high on that kid. I was very high on this team. I thought they had a lot of um, positive things going their way. And then things kind of just fizzled out, and they're, they're very much struggling um, at this point in time. But I still think TCU is at number six. They're kind of... You know, I hate to, it's cliche, but they're the best of the worst here in the Big 12. Maybe the worst of the best. You could make an argument for that, but um, if it's not TCU, then West Virginia is definitely the, the best of the worst. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it goes without, you know, their wins are over KU and Baylor, who are not good teams in the Big 12. And they, they played competitive against Oklahoma State, which is great, but they played competitive against Texas Tech. And if you want to be a good team, you've got to beat Texas Tech first and foremost in the Big 12. So, I mean, West Virginia's got some potential that they could unleash, but I still like them down there in the bottom half at number seven. You've got number eight, Baylor. I mean, Baylor's, were like I mentioned, I've, I've really made this point early on in the show, talking about the Baylor game against Texas, that we're, we're finding out who the real Baylor team is. You know, this is not a good Baylor team. I hate to say it, they're not. 27-3 going into the fourth quarter against Texas. They're struggling without Matt Rule. It's clear, it's obvious They've got some room to grow, sure, but we're, this was the game where we really found out that Baylor's actually not that good this year, okay? There was a lot of reason to believe that it could be good, but after game three, and they've only played three games, which is kind of crazy, after game three, it's clear this team's not good. They're not. They're not going to really be competitive for the top half of the league. Okay, that could that could change because it's, you know, <laughs> it's crazy times we're living in, but I, I really don't see Baylor having much to do this season. Um, number nine, Texas Tech, Henry Columbia. I think he played fine. I really, you know, I mentioned that earlier. He played well. Um, but it's hard to put them. They're one and three now in the Big 12. I mean, their wins, they've won by, what, a combined, like, 10 points or something on the season. They beat West Virginia by a touchdown. They beat, 
Southern Baptist, Houston Baptist, A&M Tech, State, you know, college, whatever the heck that team name was, they beat that team by, what, single digits, I believe. So thus far, they haven't proved that they can actually win those games until they can. Um, they're going to be there at nine, but I think they have a lot of potential to do so. But at this point in time, I think Texas Tech's still down there at number nine. They've still got a lot to unleash, um, perhaps maybe in the Big 12. I think that if there is one team down there in the bottom half to move up, it is Texas Tech. I don't see them getting into the top half of the league. I think K-State, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas have kind of you know, etched themselves into that top half, and I don't think that that's going to change. Maybe TCU can squeak in there. Um, but I think Texas Tech, they have room to grow, you know, go up in the standings, uh, get the rankings, but I don't see them pat- moving past you know, maybe number five in the standings. They've struggled too much. Columbia's got a lot of optimism around his name, sure, but I, I just don't see it happening. So I like Texas Tech at number nine. And then you've got, of course, Kansas at number 10. I don't know if there's anyone in the entire world that <laughs> has any disagreements towards this. Um, Kansas is Kansas. We all know that Les Miles is Les Miles is back on the sideline. I guess there's optimism, you know, with that. With he's he's healthy again, but uh, it's Kansas. So there you go, Kansas number nine. Let's move right back up here. Kansas, probably Kansas is ten. Texas Tech's nine. Baylor's eight. You've got West Virginia at seven. TCU is at six. Number five is Texas. Number four, Oklahoma. Number three, Iowa State. Number two, Kansas State, and number one, Oklahoma State. So that pretty much wraps up. Um, our our rankings here of these teams as we sit heading into Halloween weekend. Um, before we let you go, though, we've got to preview these games, talk about kind of the Vegas lines and the spreads that we've got um, upcoming on Saturday. You've got two 11 a.m. kicks, of course, that being K-State, West Virginia, and then Iowa State at Kansas. You've got a 2.30 kick on ESPN2, that being TCU and Baylor down there in Waco. You've got a 3 o'clock kick on Fox at uh, in, o- in Stillwater, pardon me, as Texas will play host, excuse me, Oklahoma State will play host to Texas. And then last but not least, you've got Oklahoma traveling to Texas Tech. Fox, that game is um, a 7 a.m. game on Fox. Um, so, I mean, this should be a really fun game. We've only got one game, I believe. Yes, only one game where there isn't a ranked team. You've got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Kansas State who are all ranked. And they're all kind of <laughs> um, spattered, scattered, dispersed throughout the Big 12. So there is no one game that's really going to jump out at you. I mean, maybe the Texas-Oklahoma State game is probably the best game of this weekend. I mean, if you're looking at it, I believe, I believe, let me look this up real quick. I believe um, that that ESPN's matchup predictor actually likes Texas more than Oklahoma State in this game. Because it's jumped out at me. It's only a three-and-a-half point spread. Um yeah, Texas is a 51 uh, as of right now, 4 o'clock here on on the Monday afternoon. As we're recording this, 51.4% chance for Texas to win this football game, according to ESPN's matchup predictor. Okay, I don't know who, is it Watson? Is it some sort of computer? I don't know who makes that or how in the, what the algorithm is in that. But what the hell is that? I mean, Oklahoma, it's, it's in Stillwater. So uh, we'll, we'll go down the line here. We'll get to that game in just a second, but that's a bunch of baloney if I've ever seen any. Um, you know, now that I say that, of course, Texas is going to go and, and blow them out. But um, Kansas State is actually the underdog in this game in Morgantown by three and a half points. I anticipate this to shrink. I think Kansas State, by the time Saturday rolls around, will be the favorite because it's it's a, a 4-0 team who's ranked. 
going up against a mediocre 2-2 two and two team on the road, okay? I, looking at this game on the schedule, assuming K-State was still 4-0, no matter what West Virginia's record would be, I think it might be a good you know, pick to, to pick West Virginia, maybe for money line, but at least cover the spread. Um, but now that they're favored, it's like, I mean, how can you pick West Virginia here? I mean, what does Vegas know that we don't? I, I think I know a lot about K-State football. I don't know how Kansas State's not favored in this game. I really don't. I mean, I, I really do not get it. I think I, I agree it'll be probably a close game, but how in the hell is uh, the public betting on West Virginia so much? Because we know that if, if, if the public was smart um, and, and they bet on Kansas State, that line would just shift over to Kansas State um, in their favor, right? But it hadn't, and it really hadn't shifted. The lines came out a few days ago. West Virginia's still the favorite. I do not get it, so I'm probably going to have to pick K-State to cover that spread. I think it'll be a close game, but you've got way too much value not to pick K-State in this game. So I think the Wildcats will pick up a win here by maybe a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns at the most. I think Will Howard's going to—I think he's going to struggle. I, I, as I've been quick to you know point that out, I think he's going to struggle. I think K-State's the better team the better coached team, and I know that's not a knock on Neil Brown at all because he's a good coach, but Kleiman's going to have his guys ready. Um, I don't think they're going to look past it because you've got a big game next weekend um, after this one um, against Oklahoma State, like we've, like we've talked about a little too much here on the show, but um, I think K-State covers. I think they win. Um, I, I like K-State to cover that three-and-a-half-point spread, but keep an eye on it. That's definitely going to shrink here. I do not see how K-State is the underdog. It just doesn't make much sense to me. Maybe it's a, a excuse me an 11 a.m. kickoff on the East Coast. Maybe that's pretty much the only thing that I can really fathom as to why this is what it is. Okay, so I'll let Kansas State there to cover that spread by three and a half points, um, at least if not win the game. Pick the money line on Kansas State for crying out loud. Um, you've got way too much value not to do that. Okay, next game at 11 a.m. on FS1. You've got Iowa State traveling to Lawrence, Kansas. Currently at 28 and a half points in favor of Iowa State. Now, this one is tough because it's 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 always tough to bet on um you know a team like Kansas to cover. They did cover against West Virginia, but you know, depending on your bookie, they covered by half a point after that Puka touchdown late in the game. Um I like Kansas though. I really do. I not to win the g- <laughs> not to win the game. Let's not get any crazy ideas here, but I think Kansas will will, will go ahead and cover this one here. I mean, that's 28 and a half points. We saw them really struggle against Kansas State, but if they eliminate those special teams plays, it's a closer game than it than it was. So, I you know, 28. That's just four, I mean, think about it. Four touchdowns. I mean, what's let's go, you know, 42 to 14, right? If that's the score of that game, right? Can we all agree that that's that's likely that could happen? KU would still cover. So, of course, I think Iowa State's going to win this game, but I like KU to cover. At 28 and a half. If that shrinks, I mean, if it's if it shrinks just one point, then that's really going to change my mind a lot because those half points around, you know, seven points, 14 points, 21 points, 28 points, around those touchdown marks, those are when the bets could really kind of get iffy for me. But right now, I'm a fan of Kansas to cover that spread in Lawrence. Um, maybe, you know, throw five bucks on the money line and see, see what happens. But uh, uh, covering the spread is what I'm confident in. For Kansas, you've got the next game at 2.30 on ESPN2, TCU at Baylor. TCU's favored by 2.5 points. I think that's a good bet to bet on the Horn Frogs. Um, you know, Baylor's just, they, I don't know if they've shown us much 
that to say that they're going to win this game. I really don't. They had a convincing win against Kansas, but, I mean, who hasn't, you know? So TCU is probably going to get a win here, but two and a half points seems about right. I'd have to pick TCU, but, I, you know, I'm not fully confident in this in this one. I'm not. I'm not fully confident that TCU can get this done. Um so, you know, if I'm a betting man, I'm staying away from this one just because this is it is kind of a 50-50 game. We saw the way TCU played against Oklahoma on Saturday. They can go out and crap the bed, same thing they did with Kansas State. So, we'll see what happens. But I if I had to pick, you know, I would I would go with TCU to cover two and a half point spread. But at the same time, I my confidence is probably out of all of these games, my confidence is the lowest. Um just because you don't know really with either of these two teams which one you're going to get. So it could be either way. I could, honestly, um, I think whoever wins this game wins it by double digits. I really do. I don't think this game is even going to be that close. It, it, it could go either way, but I see it being kind of a double-digit win for whoever the winner is in this game. We alluded to this one earlier, though. Texas and Oklahoma State, it's a three-and-a-half-point spread right now in favor of the Cowboys, and ESPN's matchup predictor is something's wrong with it. I think the system COVID broke it or I don't <laughs> something's wrong with that thing. I do not understand um, how it thinks that Texas is going to win this game. Okay. If, if they think it's going to be a close game and maybe a 45% chance for Texas, sure, I get that. But I mean, what the heck? How is Oklahoma State going to lose this game? I'm sorry. How are they going to do that? If you watch that game against Iowa State on Saturday, who is better than Texas? Iowa State's better than Texas, okay? Nobody's arguing that, and and and, you, and some you know ESPN thinks that, that Texas is going to come in and win this game. Three and a half points—that is disrespectful to the Cowboys. I am going to go. I don't own my house here in Manhattan. Our landlord Phil—we we rent from him. But if I did own the house, <laughs> I'd probably sell it, bet my mortgage on this game. I mean, how in the hell is Oklahoma State? Not going to win this game, at least by three and a half. I, I just don't see that happening at all. Texas is not really going to do much in this game. This is the bet of the week in the Big 12. Oklahoma State, I love them to cover here against Texas. I mean, even if this line shifts up to six points, I still like them. If it gets past a touchdown, then sure, I might not bet as much on it, but I still love Oklahoma State to win this game in a convincing fashion. Texas, I know they showed some signs of improvement. I get that, but I don't see them winning this game against Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders, he's got another another full week of practice as a healthy human being. I like the Cowboys' chances to win this game. Tylen Wallace, Chuba Hubbard, you know the drill. The offensive weapons they've got, I think, are too much for Texas. Um, I mean, maybe the only thing that ESPN, you know, see, the predictor of seeds in this is that Spencer Sanders hasn't had the best stats on the year. I get that, but he's been injured, so... <laughs> I mean, you know, the eye test, Oklahoma State, one million, you know, percent chances, uh, chance, a uh, million percent, you know, passes the eye test for for um, Oklahoma State. So I think they're going to cover, even if it shifts up a few points, I still love the Cowboys to cover over Texas and, and of course, win the game um, at that matter. So last game that we'll talk about here real quick, Oklahoma on the road at Texas Tech. This one, again, is so tough because it's a 14.5-point spread, so that's over two touchdowns. And, of course, we're recording this on Monday, so that can change, of course. But, I mean, I think Oklahoma, 
if, if 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 you watch the game, if you watch the game on Saturday with Oklahoma going up against TCU, right? Oklahoma, if they play the way they play, you know, against Texas Tech on Saturday, this, the way they played against TCU, they're going to win by more than fourteen. They're going to win by more than fourteen points, fourteen and a half points. Pardon me, you know. But at the same time, you know, I don't know if you can really trust that. Um, you know, maybe give yourself a teaser. I think Oklahoma is going to win this game. I really do. Um, there is a lot of reason, and I've tried to convince myself that Texas Tech is going to get this done. And I think there is a good chance that they can maybe cover the spread um, at 14 and a half. You know, even if they lose by 14, you're still covered. So um, it's a tough one, but I do think that Texas Tech will fall to Oklahoma. But this is another one, man, where I'm really iffy on. I think Oklahoma's going to win. It's just kind of by a matter of how much. Um, you know, if Oklahoma hadn't lost to K-State and Iowa State early on in the year, then I think you roll the dice and you say, yeah, Texas is Tech is, is going to pull the upset here. But Oklahoma State's had their wake-up calls. They're playing their best football of the season. Spent, you know, Rattler's confidence is through the roof um, after what I saw on Saturday. So, you know, maybe give yourself a teaser, throw it in a parlay, um, give yourself five or six or seven points, and make it, you know, a seven, eight point spread for Oklahoma. And I'm a lot more confident in that. I think Oklahoma wins the game. I really do. There is reason to believe Texas Tech can make it a game, but uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley's going to have his guys ready for that matchup. So I'm rolling with Oklahoma. Um, to win, and I'll say they'll cover the spread, but again, this one's just, oh man, it's it's so, so tough to, you know, predict this one because I could see Texas Tech going out and performing really well, but at the same time, Oklahoma's hot at this moment in time, so we'll see what happens. Um, going back down the line, you got Oklahoma State, who I love to cover. Baylor TCU, that one right there is just a coin toss game. KU Iowa State, I love Kansas to cover that one. I really do. Um, I think that they're you know 28 and a half points. If that stands, you gotta like that one. And then K State pick them to pull the upset. And I say that you know quote unquote upset. I say that in quotes um, over West Virginia. So that kind of wraps things up here on the show. Um, a great you know past weekend of football. Another fall. Uh, another full five games that we've got coming up on Saturday. Boy, this should be a lot of fun. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Please leave me you know your, your feedback, your comments. I'd love to talk about it there on GoPowerCat if you're listening um, with the 24-7 Sports Network and the PowerCat podcast stream. Um, other than that, though, follow us on Twitter if you're not doing so already on, um, on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. I'd appreciate that very much. But other than that, thank you so much for spending part of your day listening to this episode of the 10 of 12 podcast. Mm-hmm.